Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, welcome to The Sportive. It's part three of our great week-long trilogy here. I On, on Wednesday, I talked to our good friend Chicken Figure 69 about the wild. Uh, yesterday... On Thursday, I talked to Stu about the Twins and the Vikings draft. And today, of course, we're bringing in the final person on the Sportive to talk Timberwolves. Brandon, how are you doing? John, thanks for having me. This is called the Sportive, you say? This is, we don't, it's a new podcast. We we got oh. to 10 years of doing the podcast and then we sort of rebooted the whole thing. So we're starting over and we're doing it in a entirely one-on-one way, apparently. I just I'm interviewing people. I'm interviewing you guys. Yeah, that's good. It's way better than my idea. We're all so busy. The only other idea I had is let's just leave uh, voicemails for each other and then play the <laughs> recordings as like back to back to back. So you just really get like a five minute monologue and then someone else right. comes in and and screams at you. So um, this is a better idea. I'm glad yeah. you're able to do it. The the trilogy. If we had is done that, we would have had to like teach Stu how to use WhatsApp voice messages or something like that. And yeah, I was a whole I had that kind of energy. It'd be a whole thing. And you know, right now the voicemails that I get, um, anything sportive related, are uh, chicken fingers in his Tom Shane voice. Uh, leave me voicemails, <laughs> uh, which is what he did a couple years ago. So Wait, I like to leave that. That as... wasn't Tom Shane. Oh no, it sounded Whoops. exactly like Tom Shane. This is Tom Shane. <laughs> You no longer have a friend in the diamond <laughs> business. The best, the best of all time. So anyway, as as we sort of mentioned over the past couple of days, this has been a we we took a we took a month off, and during that time, a lot of stuff happened. So we talked hockey, we talked football, we talked baseball. We may still talk some baseball today with Brandon, but the first thing I want to talk about that it's probably better to do when chicken isn't around is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Their season's mm-hmm. over, Brandon. They did not. They did not fall into what I thought was the worst case possible scenario, which was ending up in the lottery. Because I assumed if they had ended up in the lottery, their 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 ping pong ball would get drawn for for the number one pick, and then they would give away Victor Wenbanyama to acquire the old decrepit Rudy Gobert, and that didn't happen. So, is this season a success? Just for yes. not accidentally giving away Victor Wenbanyama. I, you know, it's kind of, I feel like generally we have a consensus as like Wolves fans of like how this season went, you know, last year, I think we all kind of aligned on like a really charmed season, found money, 46 wins. That was really unexpected. Two wins off of Memphis and two wins that were coin flips, kind of a bummer way to end. But by and large, like we all agreed, like that was a great season. That was uh, it felt like the start of something. Yep. Yep. And uh, and then this year, I don't know if there is as much of a consensus. I definitely have some friends who are like ended up being kind of where you'd expect. And there was a lot of great moments. Uh, and, uh, you know, for them to win, what, one fewer game than last year with everything else went on is like, eh, or like uh, playoff. Um, mm-hmm. But I have other friends who think it's an unmitigated outright disaster. They the Rudy Gobert was an all in thing. And if you didn't make it to the second round, at minimum, then it was a wasted season. I don't fall on that end at all. Um, when we were we were talking uh, a while ago, John, and I, I posited to you like a, a question of put this season in perspective as a Wolves player. So right. if it was like the greatest season ever, that'd be a Kevin Garnett season, etc. I said at one point, it kind of felt like an Isaiah Ryder season of like <laughs> he was good, but you kind of wanted him to be 
better. And so, yeah, and you look back on it, you look at his stats, and if you have memories, you're like, oh, yeah, he was, he was, I guess, good, but we kind of needed him to be more. Mm-hmm. I think that still kind of holds. I also think this might be a Joe Smith season, um, which is like Joe Smith in and of itself was a pretty good player. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. amazing, but he was good. He was like, great, really good player. But obviously, all the back end stuff that you needed to get to get Joe Smith ended up not being worth it at all. So to me, it's like either an Isaiah Ryder or Joe Smith level of a season, um, my perspective. But I'm also a little bit, um, a little biased because I was able to go to the Oklahoma City uh, playing game that right. they won, and it the was one I, good game for the season. <laughs> the I one was there. Fun game to be at. Well, then the Nuggets playoff victory. Oh, you were at that one too? Yes, I got to go to Man's. Unbelievable. Uh, and then there was another game too early in the season. I Boy, I sh- actually should have thought about this a little bit more. I think it was when they beat Memphis um, at home. Like a, a nice big win at home. Right. Really exciting. Um, so I got to go to, personally to three games that were an absolute blast. Um, and then I don't want to ever lose the memory. And I don't know if you were able to watch this when I think it happened like on Easter or something. Um, but the infamous game when Rudy Gobert punches Kyle Anderson, <laughs> Jaden McDaniels punches a wall in a both in an absolute must win game, an absolute must win right. game, and they are down by twelve or something. It's a nightmare. It's everybody going like this is actually the lowest of the lows for like maybe this franchise, right? That's pa- right. kind of where people were getting to. They came back and won that game. And if you had any um, belief in vibes actually affecting a team or momentum, if you watch that game, I hope to God you never think of those as actual concepts ever again, (laughs) because it was just unbelievable. So that memory too. some of these big wins were so crazy that I kind of feel like that was good. That was a fun season. It was wild, man. It was crazy. Um, In terms of in terms of stuff that happened, this might be if you're just ranking it on pure stuff happening this yeah. is the number one twin timberwolves seasons of all time gotta be yeah a lot of stuff happened um and you know so much of everything is expectations and i think i kind of went into this thinking um they don't necessarily this is not necessarily like they have to go to the finals for this to be a success um i would have liked to have them i thought they'd win like 48 games or something at least a few more but you lose Towns for um, the majority of the season, and then you lose McDaniel's in the playoffs, and Nas in the playoffs, and then we lose Kyle Anderson for like we were down to like four playable guys at the of our you know five guys of our eight at the end of the season, yeah. and so kind of ended on like a shitty note. But um, yeah, I, was, I guess it's Isaiah Ryder was, for me. There was it was only like twenty games between me going there's no way that Nikhil alexander walker is the name of an actual person like uh-huh. there's no way that that's that's at minimum two maybe three people yeah there's yeah. no way that's the name of a person like 20 games later it was well Nikhil alexander walker is actually a big key for the timberwolves he's going to play 36 minutes and uh-huh. his defense is the key of whether the timberwolves can stay in this playoff game or not i know it was yeah because he basically had to turn into Jaden mcdaniels and yeah. uh, he wasn't that, but he was good. And then he hit two really big threes at that Oklahoma City playing game. Or it was the Denver game, I think. Um, one of those two big games that I was mm-hmm. at that I legitimately was yelling no. And I don't really talk much at games, <laughs> but I yelled no while both of them were in the air that he made. So, uh, so that was humbling. He taught me a good lesson on belief. Um, yeah, no, it was what a what a wild ride that was. Yeah, the whole I I don't think we can say it enough that there was a game of an NBA basketball game in which one teammate tried to punch another teammate in the huddle was sent home at halftime like he was in being suspended from kindergarten because apparently they were going to fight again and they just sent him home. And it was still the second dumbest punch thrown by a member of the team in that game. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, that's just. Yeah, and it was, and that's the other thing. I I still don't feel like Jaden McDaniels has caught enough flack for punching a wall 
and breaking his hand and ruining the Timberwolves' chances, not that they were going to beat Denver anyway, necessarily, but ruining any chance they had in the postseason. And no, he didn't you're catch right. much flack because he, one of his teammates was trying to punch another teammate during the same game. Well, and then there was the whole, like, well, he didn't know he was punching a wall. He thought he was punching a curtain. But, like, you don't know what's behind the curtain, man. That's Those are curtains. That's the whole kind of point of I don't know, I don't know if you understand block. how curtains work. That's why they're there. They block what's behind things. And so pretty dumb. And who knows? I mean, maybe this is like a knuckle push-ups thing, too, where he just pretended yeah. that that's, you know, a thing. I don't know. But very stupid. Very, very <laughs> stupid. Uh, and you know, you mentioned Joe Smith and I, I do think I want to, I want to talk about Joe Smith just for a second, because I feel like there's another narrative that's come in about the Timberwolves. It, obviously they're an incredibly cursed franchise. Pat Royce on Mike Rand's podcast. He always says the thing about the Timberwolves is even when they do the right thing, it's the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And that's always been true. But I feel like as Glenn Taylor is now selling the franchise, uh, Mark Laurie and A-Rod, and by the way, the the more I see of that, the more I hate uh, the new owners far more than I've ever hated Glenn Taylor. I can't, Whoa. I really? can't, I, I, you see A-Rod just there trying to pretend he can behave like a human being, and I just hate it. Yeah, he's a little bit of a robot, so you you just hate their personalities. I just, I just, I hate the idea of being on the same side of anything as A-Rod. Right, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's goofy. Here, I mean... I'm cheering for the Timberwolves. I'm really excited. The Timberwolves have done something good. Then the camera pans over here, and A-Rod is trying to show the human emotion of excitement, and I'm now no longer excited. I'm like, man, some I, I hate you, A-Rod. Just get out. I of know. Here. Yeah. That's, do you think it's going to be, be like that forever? It's never he's because he's he's never going to turn into a charming guy, right? Like that's not yeah, like well, his quality. As soon as they're done, whenever they're done completing this purchase of the team, I don't I don't have the I I don't know the schedule. Like the the Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter buyouts last longer than it's taking Laurie and A Rod to actually complete the purchase of this franchise. But at the moment the ink is dry on that, they're going to be holding press conferences about how they need to get rid of Target Center and build. I don't. I mean, what's state of the art for a basketball arena these days? I don't. I don't. I can't understand what a new arena would have that Target Center doesn't have other than, you know, suites and stuff for rich people, which, of course, I don't care about. It's so. bells and whistles. Yeah, it's not falling apart. Target Center's fine. Like, you know, the, the parking just garage is annoying. It. Yeah, it's, the parking it's garage. Fine. They're not going to build a new parking garage. I know. It's the only thing I can, like, sure, I guess if you go build an entire new facility somewhere else, you can maybe control more. There's not great food around, like, the outside part of it all. But the actual within Target Center... Yeah, it's it's good. It's not like baseball where, you know, if it's, you know, the upgrade from Metrodome to Target Field was nine day. This to me is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe we're missing something that like the Chase Center, I think, is where the Warriors play. And maybe there's something there that I'm not really realizing. But even like in baseball, really quickly it was like there needs to be open concourses, at least for right. some of it. Like yeah. that's a no brainer once we discovered that that has to happen. I guess that's part of maybe maybe that's part of a basketball arena as well. I don't really know that that's that much of a concern i was at uh msg last uh a few months ago so i don't have like crazy i i, I wasn't there to like check out the actual facility but right it didn't it seems yeah that's it's a basketball court with seats around it and some yeah. good lighting and some nice uh, there's only so much you can do there's only so much you can do with all right here's a 94 foot long court that's gonna have seats around it what what else do you want me to do apparently target center there's too many seats in the upper deck or something like that yeah like, i don't uh the lower you know, bowl isn't big enough and the upper deck's too big uh, obviously that's for the for the history of the tim rolls franchise over the last what have they they've been a target center for 33 years or something like that that's mattered in about four of those years yeah right well and the other thing too is like in other sports obviously baseball is played outside football right can be basketball is not will not be so all these other like innovations with other sports stadiums are like bring in outside elements or it feels like it's outside like all the glass paneling yeah. at uh at u.s bank that's not really a concern for basketball in general i mean for the most part obviously it's played in the winter when it's dark there's you don't need that you can't have mm-hmm. that so that to me again like are we getting pre-furious right now 
Is this even well, a proposal? It's, it's great. I, I'm definitely getting pretty furious about it. But <laughs> this is great. <laughs> it's just, I mean, like across town in Minneapolis, on the other side of town, there's a hundred year old basketball arena. It was remodeled 20, 30 years ago, but it wasn't remodeled in a way that made it nice or comfortable. Right. And even then people are like, yeah, this is fine. It's oh, fine. there's it's good. There's benches on the ends of in, in the upstairs. Yeah. You know, that's it's college. That doesn't that doesn't matter a lot. That's fine. No. Yeah. And so it's it's going to be real hard. I, I'm getting pre furious about Lori and Rodriguez being like, well, we're going to move to where do people where, where are they going to move to now? Seattle, I guess. Yeah, that's a win for you. <laughs> no, in, in no way is that a win <laughs> for me. What are you talking about? You're a Seattle guy. I don't know. I know. But in in terms of Minnesota and in terms of Minnesota and Seattle being in competition, as it turns out, that's the worst thing. Last year, <laughs> yeah, true, I, true. I, I went to visit my cousin and when we were out there visiting, it was sort of planned around this, but Minnesota United was playing the Seattle Sounders out there. And so we went to this game and we thought, oh man, this is really going to be fun. You know, I'm cheering for Minnesota United. He's cheering for the Sounders. This will be really fun. And it turns out it was awful because every time I was happy, he was miserable and vice versa. And so it would be far worse if his city stole my basketball team Oh yeah, and, never mind. Okay, yeah, yeah, awful. And the funny okay. thing is, his his wife is from is from Dallas, and so already every spring, you know, whenever the Wild play the Stars, I say something stupid and awful and get myself into trouble because, sorry, just want to apologize to my cousin and his wife right now, and to say yeah. sorry of all the horrible things I said. Anyway, so Lorian Rodriguez aside. I, I, to get back to my original point, I, I feel like there's been sort of this narrative that's developed as as we reach the end of the Glenn Taylor era of being like, well, you know, old Glenn, he they might not have been successful, but but he always cared and he always tried. And I just it's nice to remember. It's important to remember stuff like the time they took Joe Smith, who, as you mentioned, was not a superstar. He was mm-hmm. he was the Nas Reed of his day. And they signed him to an illegal contract and ruined the franchise for three, four years because they were trying to sign, of all people, Joe Smith to an like illegal contract. Like a sixth contract. man, you know? Yeah. Like, he was not the missing piece. No. I'm positive. So there's there's plenty of underhanded stupidity that we also need to remember. Not mm-hmm. just bad luck and whatever. There's been a lot of a lot of dumbness. Anyway. Yeah. Speaking of I, dumbness, uh-huh. I want to talk about Rudy Gobert. And okay. I want to, I, I need you to assign some blame here. You can assign it in whatever way you want, percentage or out. Uh, but how much blame, obviously this Rudy Gobert thing is not working. How much of this is the fault of Tim Connolly for believing it was going to work, for trading the entire franchise for a 30-year-old center um, who was limited in very specific and obvious ways that were obvious beforehand? And how much of it is... Rudy Gobert to blame for being terrible. Mm. Well, I think Rudy is Rudy and has been Rudy. He's been the same player for eight straight years. Maybe well, we see that a but, little bit worse, but he's still yeah. the same type of player. It's not like all of a sudden he f- forgot how to hold on to a basketball. He didn't ever know how to hold on to a basketball. That's that, you say that, but he went from he was all he was all defense first team six years in a row. This mm-hmm. year he didn't get a single vote. Walker mm-hmm. Kessler, one of the 14 players that was traded for Rudy Gobert, got one vote. He got <laughs> I think fewer that's probably, votes than Walker Kessler. I think that was probably Walker Kessler's mom, just so you know. <laughs> uh which I don't is know fine. why they gave her a vote for the all defense team, but it seems out of yeah, it doesn't seem like that should be allowed. Um <clears throat> No, I guess I'm thinking more offensively. Um, to me, you kind of knew what you were getting with Rudy. This season should not be a surprise by anybody who's watched Rudy of like, wait, this guy sucks. Actually, when he was on the floor, they were fantastic defensively, but they were awful offensively. And then when he was off the floor, it was the exact opposite. <laughs> he is very much a one-dimensional player who can thrive in certain, not thrive, who can function competently in some offenses. Yes. He can exist in offenses. And I think if you, this to me just feels like the, the decisions you make when you're sitting around a table with your friends and you're all about four beers deep Mm -hmm. 
and you're having what ended up being you can't you didn't you didn't anticipate it, it just ended up being an amazing night and you got your buds you're not so drunk that you're like you know let's all order matching jumpsuits yeah. to wear to work on monday <laughs> but you're like we should let's... buy a boat tonight you're not, not that drunk we're not at that level but we had a few and we were like god damn it it would be good for us to buy a cabin together and sh- <laughs> you know there's an investment here and you go god damn it that is right that is That's i, I mean i know idea. i'm drunk but that does make sense cabins they're a good investment they do pay for themselves and so i think they kind of got into that mode and made the deal four beers deep this is not an eight beers deep deal we've seen a thousand of those from the wolves they're nightmares but but i mean by that is like you can obviously, if you wanted to, you could have talked yourself into something like this and it'd be somewhat reasonable, even if you, like me, stylistically do not like watching Rudy Gobert. You'd right. say, what is the thing standing in this team's way from what we saw last season? It's an un- it's a really good big to be next to Carl Anthony Towns who can rebound and who can protect the rim, right? Who can do all the things that Carl Anthony Towns cannot learn to do. Yep. So like we, we, we have Ant. Delo's fine. Jaden's good. Carlin Towns is really good. That is the missing piece. And they probably went, man, we could probably go get like Miles Turner and we could probably go get like mm-hmm. Javal, Jared Al or whatever, like yeah, somebody similar in that mode. But then they had a couple extra beers. And they went, let's go get like the man. <laughs> Let's go get let's the go guy get, who's who, fucking awesome. They're like at scrolling rebounding. through Wikipedia. Who is who is the first team all defense center? Let's get that guy. They just like went to ESPN and looked, yeah, like defensive rating. They went, holy shit, that guy's better than all the guys we just mentioned. Yeah. So he led we're the having a great rebounding night. last year. Yeah. He can rebound. He's on the all defense team. This is perfect. Let's fuck. Let's just do it. Let's give it a try. And they talked themselves into, you know, at the end. And you and I, I think, talked about this. One of the things that was like intellectually just wrong, people go, well, now what? If, if this doesn't work at the end of his thing, they're left with nothing. And it's like, no, dude, at the end of his contract, they're left with like 25-year-old Anthony Edwards. This is not right. a make or break the franchise thing. It's just going to suck for a few years. Um, so I, that part, I can see them just being like, and I do appreciate, I will say, I, I don't know what I think about Tim Connolly just yet. Um but he said something about like a lot of development at, for a lot of young superstars is losing. And he's like, it sucks. I don't like that you get onto a number one, your number one draft pick. So that means you're on a bad team and you have to lose for five or six years. Um, he's like, I was trying to just like get to winning quicker for Ant's perspective. Now, obviously, I don't believe that totally. Like he's just saying something to try to make himself sound good. But there is right. an element I appreciate of like, let's just try Let's not wait for a few years. Let's just go try to be good now. So the, all the reasons why they made the trade make a lot of sense to me. All the reasons why they targeted that type of player make a lot of sense to me. But where you lose me is that it's Rudy Gobert. <laughs> it's like <laughs> he just, again, he's old, he's expensive, and he's just not good enough offensively. So, so if, you'd never... been in the, if you had been in the room, it would have been like, all right, we're going to get the guy who led the league in rebounding. And you're like, yes, the guy yeah. who's the all defense first team center last year. We need it. Yes. Him. All right. It's Rudy Gobert. No, absolutely <laughs> no, not. I'm out. Fuck you. <laughs> um, no. And the other thing, too, is, again, if you want to talk yourself into it, the other thing that's I still haven't really fully wrapped my mind around is Utah was good defensively with him, but they were actually like amazing offensively. Like a few years ago, they were like the number one or two offense in the entire league with like Donovan Mitchell's good, but like doesn't seem to be a number one offense guy. And like Joe Ingles and, mm. you know, Bug, I don't even know if they had right. him like, you know, it was just some guys where you're just like, oh, maybe maybe he annoys the shit out of me. But he actually like his pick setting is good enough to open up wide, wide open threes. And maybe he offensive rebounds and maybe, you know, like does do some nice rim rolling. So you kind of went, Oh, okay. I want to, I kind of, I don't, I don't think this is going to work, but I'm stupid. So maybe it'll work. <laughs> and so it sucks that we were like us dumbasses were right the whole time of like, no, no, you can't yeah. have two giant people like that and have it. Even though one of them is Carl Anthony towns who kind of doesn't play like a huge guy. Um, I don't know. So I go back and forth on like, I don't think it's as bad as all the people say it was. Um, but I also am not on the camp of like, it works. 
because it sucks to watch. Yeah. I mean, but uh, like, I, like I'm asking, how much do you blame Gobert right. for not being able to figure... He, he's been in the league for 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Can't figure out how to fit in this system. He His rebounding was down. His defense was down. Mm-hmm. I, his... I mean, his offense, such as it is, was not as good as it was the prior year. How much do you... He's trying to punch his teammates. Let's not forget that he tried to punch a teammate. How much do you... How much do you put on Gobert for simply being bad? It's a little bit... It's a little bit like Carlos Correa right now. Nobody would say, well, they never should have signed Correa to that contract because blah, blah, blah. Everybody's just mad at Correa for sucking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to say... Everybody's mad at Tim Connolly right now, but I don't feel like there's a lot of anger out there for being like, well... Also, they traded for a guy who's making $38 million this year or whatever, and he sucks. I think it's 65% Connolly, 35% Gobert. All right, that's fair. Two to one. Um, you kind of you had to see some of this coming, I would think. He also was not as bad as we... Like, the fan in me is like, get him... I mean, the fan in me, I've been very vocal about this. Build around Nas Reed. That's the fan of me. Like, <laughs> yep, get rid of right. both of them. I don't give a shit. I don't care if I we want, lose. I want them to build the team around Nas Reed, and I want them to get Jared Vanderbilt back and build around yep. him, too. Yep. That's yep, what I exactly. want as a fan. So, but I know that there's also, like, if you look at the on and off numbers, like, as much as I hate to admit it, like, he was, like, pretty close to our best player for the season. Like, <laughs> he's really good. But I just wow. don't. I didn't. See I didn't know that, and I don't. I didn't like it when you said that. <laughs> I want to argue. I have no. I, I have nothing to argue with you, but I don't like it. I don't like it either. That's why I kept looking at the numbers, and I was like, "What? Maybe these advanced stats are stupid." But then you're like, "No, man, this is not really an advanced stat. Is here's how they do when he plays, and here's how they do when he doesn't play. You don't have to have anything more." And you know, so. He was not. He was still bad. He was still for sure worse than I think we all expected him to be this year. Like you're talking right. about his rebounding, and in particular, just his like, he just doesn't seem that feared at the rim that much. I mean, it did ha- it did happen at times. It was cool, um, but yeah, he just yeah he he didn't turn fully into a pumpkin, but he's like getting closer. So he for sure. But that's the other thing too of like, you, there's seasons across all sports where a guy just has a bad season. And he comes back the next season and he's fine again. You go, oh, okay. Never mind. But when they're 31 and they're 7 2, mm-hmm. he's not going to turn around next year and be he's, better, right? He's played 20,000 minutes in the NBA. I don't, I don't, no, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I don't think there's a lot of improvement left in his game. So that's what is, this is not like, uh, like Julius Randle is for some reason coming to mind for me for the New York Knicks. He was just, he was really good. He had a great season, and then he had just kind of a bad season, and then he was good again. You go, oh, all right. I don't think that's happening with Gobert. I think right. he is much more limited, and pretty soon is going to have to be a guy who, like, in certain matchups, he'll be great. Certain times of game, he'll be great. But in other games, we just got to be ready to be like, you're not playing. And that sucks to have, like, a quarter of your salary cap locked up in a guy like that. So, yeah. The NBA is hilarious salary cap wise. I don't pay a lot of attention to the NBA salary cap. Number one, because I don't understand it. But right. when you look at the list of salaries, it's like if you had the NFL salary cap in sheer dollars, but with one tenth of the guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. So everybody in the league, it's like, well, what kind of player is this? Well, you know, he's the ninth guy in the roster. He plays about 15 minutes a night and he makes more than any player in the NHL. I know. Yeah. yeah he makes more so than guys. all but 10 baseball players. Oh my God. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Baseball player still now like an $8 million contract is like, oh, he's probably probably pretty good. 8 million for the NBA is not going to get you fucking, it's not going to get you anybody. Like, I mean, today, these days in baseball, if you're making thirty million dollars a year, you're one. Of, you're, it's like a historic contract. Still, mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. in that Correa, Tatis, Machado kind of range. Yep, Bryce Harper. And the Timberwolves yep. have two different guys making thirty million. They're not a big market team. They're not even paying the luxury tax. They got two different guys making thirty million dollars this year. It'll be three in a matter of whenever yeah. they can sign Edwards. It'll be like yeah. yeah, there's three guys on every single team. There's seventy five guys who make that in the NBA. Mike Conley is making $22 million. Mike Conley is making more, to put this in a hockey context, he's making more than Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid put together this year. <laughs> it's just unreal. 
Yeah, it's good, and it's gonna, it's only getting gonna get higher. Like, there's yeah. legitimately gonna be guys who who make seventy million dollars a year and play sixty one games, and you go, "What <laughs> the fuck? You're making over a million You're per making how much?" Yeah, I yeah. mean, there's gonna it's gonna be guys who are making what franchises used to be worth. Like, what was the Timberwolves expansion fee? It was like seventy million dollars, <laughs> and now. Yeah. How many? I mean, I recognize this is old guy stuff because that's thirty five years ago or whatever. Right. But still, it's just yeah. it's hard to it's hard to wrap your mind around that. Like, I feel like I can get a handle on it with hockey contracts, and partially it's because you know I'm I'm fairly well versed in MLS contracts. In MLS contracts, it's like, wow, that guy's making a lot this year. How much is he making? Four hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Hey, pretty that's good. A, you know, pretty that's good. a pretty good veteran contract for an MLS player. Yeah. So, it, you know, and the the league minimum in every other league is like 700,000. So, yeah. Anyway, we don't we don't necessarily need to talk about salary caps again because I don't understand them, but Right. Um so looking forward, I want to look forward a little bit and talk about who is actually not going to be back for the Wolves. What percent chance do you think Nas Reed is coming back? Oh, man. If I had to put it Right now, I'd say like thirty percent. You really think that's? I mean, I've heard them say, "Oh, we really want to bring Nas Reed back," but it's going to have to be a luxury tax kind of thing, isn't it? Uh, yeah. See, to me, like, unless there, there's a non-zero chance that they do trade Gobert or Towns, obviously, right? Like, they're not right. like we're locked in. We're not. Don't even call us about these guys. Like, I'm sure they're doing their best. They're not. They're idiots in some ways, but they're not so dumb after this season to be like, do not answer the phone for trade yeah. ideas. We're not. If you know. someone calls you about Rudy Gobert, don't answer the phone. There's yeah. no chance I would ever want to trade Rudy Gobert. Yeah, or yes. so they're not Jones. there, obviously. And if they do that, then that opens up like, cool. He's, you know, obviously a very good backup center. I also have to say, I uh, taking the fan hat off and like actually being trying to be objective, like he's also not been like amazing so i don't know if there's necessarily someone coming with like 25 mil a year to sign nas reed right he's plays pretty limited minutes although that will be my new favorite team just so you know um so i think that there's a chance that they yeah other trades happen and we can afford him or they just for some weird reason are like he was good we got to sign him we'll go into we'll we'll you know we'll get rid of some other guys or we'll do some other reshuffling we need but you just don't really play, pay for a third center these days um, at all. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm sort of mentally expecting him to be gone. But I, I also know, like, I don't know. I mean, a lot of times the team who you were on values you the most. You know, like mm-hmm. we watched them. So, I I mean, if I'm if I'm Mark Lorian and A-Rod, I got to say the first thing I'm pitching is, listen, if we if you want to talk to us about a new stadium, we'll sign Nas Reed. Without a new stadium, I don't think we can keep Nas Reed. And you got to believe the fan base would be like, you know what? I support this. Yep. Yep. Raise the sales tax in Minneapolis, whatever, to whatever level you need to. I mean, we're going to build you a new stadium so that Nas Reed can be happy. Yeah. It's uh, very much a fan favorite, of course, just because of we saw him when he was out of shape and to see him like somehow like dunking on people like how did you just turn into like a super athlete yeah. like you used to just be like kind Wait of a second. you're kind of a lumbering dude now you're a guard yeah. in a center's body even more than somebody like cad there's something about guys with yeah like that footwork and kind of bigger guys who have athleticism like that that's just because obviously gobert is not like that and towns is not like that either that's not his yeah. thing of like just it's just really a really a fun to watch type of player that we don't really see very often. So and it's cool. I mean, if he keeps if he keeps on this current development curve, in two years he's going to be Kevin Durant, Mark Two. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If he just yeah. add the same upward slope. Yeah, then, yeah, he's basically the next Kevin Durant. I totally yeah. agree with that. So, <laughs> all right, so he's probably gone. You're saying? Sadly, I think I think right. so. Let's see who is definitely Austin Rivers. Definitely gone, right? Gone. Yeah. Unless it's like back. a veteran's minimum because he seems like a decent enough guy. But yeah, I mean, he got in that he got in a weird fight with somebody on the Clippers bench. You remember that? Um. Yes. Was it the Magic? Was it Mo Bamba? It was Mo Bamba. Yeah, the Magic, not the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah. I that still was, don't think was we ever heard thing, what he said. That was the only thing I remember about Austin Rivers this season. He got in a He's weird a, fight with a dude that was on the bench at the time. Really good quote. He's a good quote. Seems like a pretty cool locker room guy. 
made a couple threes in either the season. The, <laughs> the season. Like in one of the bigger games, he did make a couple shots, but we're so at the margins at this point of like yeah. the one game he, you know, he's not gonna, yeah, not gonna impact the team. Uh Jalen Noel is not coming back. He he maybe was the most disappointing Timberwolf this year. Like yeah. he had a fair amount of chance to show himself off as a secondary scorer and he he basically he played himself off the floor for the most of the year. Yeah. To the and point you look that at... Nikhil Alexander Walker, who was not a real person coming into the season, was the guy they turned to and not Noel when they were down to four healthy players. That was really, really a tough thing because uh, you know, you just think about how many millions of dollars he left on the table. Right. Like, you know, Jordan Poole sucks, but has got a contract for like a hundred and $20 million or something. Mm-hmm. Noel is, was not that level, but like a six man, good scorer. Yeah. The, you'll, if he had a good season, if they were like, Oh, the bulls just signed him three years, 60 million. You'd be like, Oh yeah, that's All a right. lot or three yeah. for 45 or something. You'd be like, Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, even Did three I... for 15 million. Oh yeah, it, sure. I can see that. Yeah. Timberwolves aren't going to pay him that, but so it's it was now a huge like... yeah he it's I feel bad for him but he was shitty. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to eighty percent less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'm trying. Is there anybody else that is going to be gone? Alexander Walker, I guess, has a qualifying offer, but they'll probably do that, right? What's McLaughlin's contract, Jordan? McLaughlin has a contract for next year. Okay, so... He might just be gone anyway, though. Like, just might yeah, be cutting him. That again, another they, guy. Yeah, who's they just might. Like, for, what the? They might forget him. Forget to send him the invite to training camp. Like, yeah. Hey, you know, five days into training camp, they're like, we used to have another point guard. Oh crap, Jordan! Did you call him? Was I supposed to call? <laughs> Is he not on the group no. text anymore? Oh yeah. Uh, did anyone yeah. call him? Oh. You think he knows? Where does he live? Does anyone know where his house is? We could just drive there. <laughs> Yeah, man, he sucked. He was yeah. so unbelievably bad. Oh, and, man. You know, I guess it's it, Luca Garza has a qualifying offer coming up, too. Okay. Okay. I like him as an energy guy. He had, yeah, I, he had some moments. Yeah, but would you pay $1.7 million for that? Personally? I mean, you personally. <laughs> I don't if know. I think into, that's probably fine. Knowing everything you know about the salary, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. All of these things are confusing. Hey, you look down the list of Timberwolves contracts, and I go... Like Josh Minot is on here. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of people who are Minot heads. Yeah. Are there, are there actually, there can't yeah, be, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when you look at like a Nas Reed type player, you're like, yeah, he's in the G league. He's pretty good there. He's young. He progresses. You can see the progression mm-hmm. for some of these guys. Minot is a really good athlete. I think he's kind uh, uh, I shouldn't be like, I have no idea actually, but I think he's like in the J Jordan, uh, sorry, Jaden McDaniel's mode of like a wiry, tall athlete. Wiry, yeah. So like, if he can figure it out, those guys can be. You know, I don't think he's probably not going to be the next Kawhi Leonard, probably. <laughs> but but you, he might you, be. You don't know. That's the that's the allure of that's the Josh the Minots of the world. All right. Yeah, well, so for I contract mean, so basically, wise, basically they're bringing back the same team, plus or minus Nasri. Yeah, I think so. Um. Probably they don't have any. Uh, they don't have draft pick, obviously, but that's kind of okay. But whatever. It, it kind of doesn't matter because it's not like whoever they draft at that point was going to have a big effect on their season one or one way or the other. No, so far, like the trade is still not a 
oh my God, we gave up the number three pick as well yeah. so far, right? Um, <clears throat> I think they have their pick next year, um, which is kind of cool. Um, and then the all the other thing I can see happening is if they're able to find a trade for Towns or Gobert, uh, my guess would be, my guess is there's probably more of a Gobert market than we think. We always just assume this guy sucks. You couldn't offload him for free. Well, right. we just saw Kyrie Irving, like a much bigger disaster in a, a thousand <laughs> ways, still right. get like a, a really good quality player and an unprotected pick or something, right? Like, and he has damaged goods and he was signed for like three months. Dallas still gave up because they're like, here's the dude who's been good. I don't know if he's going to be good in the future, but he's been good. So uh, there might be more of a market for Gobert. But I'm still guessing it's still not enough for them to trade him, you know? Right. Um, and Carl Anthony Towns, it's really hard for me to say, like, what we could get for him. I still just really hesitate to trade a big man who can shoot like that because they're so yeah. hard to find. And he that is such an important role for, for Edwards to thrive is to have a guy who can stay out on the three-point line and keep a center out there so he can have some space in the lane. Right. So I think trading towns, let's say you get back uh Bradley Beal for him or something. Like I don't know, just like a like a guy who's good, but not amazing. Right. You go, okay, cool. I guess now we don't have the two bigs, but we you know, that's what's that doing for us? Like, yeah, the team is worse now, but Yeah, right. I think we would make our team worse just because like we're tired of them. And there is nobody I, I kinda I have a hard time saying this because I clown on him a lot, but like just as a, just in in terms of I don't even think it's the NBA. I think it's probably all of sports. You probably have some examples in other sports, but like there was no one who gets more unfair shit than the guy who's like just not quite good enough to be the best player on the team. Right. Like the the fifteenth to twentieth best player in the league is absolutely hated. Like just just people hate him. Right. And he's he's an Towns is annoying for like so many different reasons. That's why I kind of hesitate to say that because I am a culprit of, um, of <laughs> also getting, on him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. I also like he's still really good. Like he is a very, very, very good player, and they could get like a lot for him. Um. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a, it's a little bit like like the Joe Maurer conundrum, where he's probably a Hall of Famer, but maybe not a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he yeah. caught endless crap for years. From the people who should have loved him the most. Yep. Yep. For sure. There's there's so many people like that that you're like, you blame that you blame the best guy because he yep. needs to be better. You don't blame the second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth guy for being like, hey guys, you have towns in your team. You should all be better. It's right. not his fault. He's doing his best, but that's not how we do things. And he also doesn't make it any easier. He's a very hard guy to root for with all of his stupid quotes. <laughs> I know. You wanna you wanna root so badly for him and you wanna like him and cheer for him. And then he opens his mouth and you're like, dang, just Shut I need up. you to stay quiet and stop saying stuff like championship or bust. I'm just, a leader. I'll lead this team. This is yeah. on my fault. Just shut up. Just be authentic. Give, give him a sheet of 25 cliches and just go from top to bottom in every interview and it'll yeah. be fine. It'd be much better than trying whatever, just making no sense whatsoever. I know. So then it was like, are there, is there like this level of a similar guy on another team who like just fits a little bit better? Um, like Trey Young, they're sick. Of, but then it's like, I don't want Trey Young on our team. Like I know yeah. he's he's also like a guy who gets shit on, but then he's got the ball in his hands. I want Edwards to have the ball in his hands. Or like Pascal Siakam or DeMar DeR I mean, these guys, these are just like random guys I'm throwing out there. But like, you know, right. those like good borderline yeah. all-star types. Um, you, if we could find somebody and it works and it's decent value, that'd be, I guess, okay for me. But I'm still very much in the mode of like trade, go bear, sign Nas and just like deal with it. And it, we'll still have the guy. We'll be right back to where we were two years ago where you go. Yeah, but in the playoffs... Mm -hmm. We're going to give up 500 offensive rebounds because Towns mm -hmm. can't be the only guy rebounding. And we have Conley, Edwards, and McDaniels also on the floor. And unfortunately, 
they're not good rebounders themselves. You know, they're just like some guys just aren't good rebounders. Like Russell Westbrook is six three and gets ten rebounds a game. Some guys just are good at it, and some guys aren't. And it would be it would be very funny if they traded Gobert and immediately snapped back. And I was like, oh, I, I remember, I remember oh, this again? why this didn't work. I know, oh, and that would happen. To grab a rebound. Yeah. So, like, if you were able, I mean, the perfect trade doesn't exist. I haven't looked at it, but like a Gobert for a kind of a shittier version of Gobert, but still like Walker Kessler. Do you think of like Walker Kessler, (laughs) but like Miles Turner again, like some, some example of like decent, you know, but a little bit more offensively, whatever you can kind of talk yourself into something like that, but you know, he's expensive and all the other things. So if I had to put money on it, I'd say most likely they're running it back. No Nas, couple other like veteran signings or something and I don't know and just try to they do have I suppose there's a way that it could I I just the the thing that bums me out the most about the season is I wish we at least had gotten them to play like 65 games together versus the 25 games they played and of those 25 you know five of them towns was just awful and Two of them go bare followed up, you know, so you really got about 20 full-time actual games to see how they could play together. The first 14 of them were at the start of the season and they probably were like six and eight or something at that. Like, Oh, okay. That's fine. Yeah. And then the other ones later in the season were just, I mean, they had some great wins, but they also like were super overmatched at times. So it just, I still think there's an, there's probably enough hanging out there. If you're Tim Connolly and staked kind of your reputation, you you probably would not be like, no, that didn't work at all. Absolute disaster guaranteed. We're done with it. Like he's the guy who made the trade. Right. So he's probably going to be like, we got to see this. Let's give it a year. And then we'll do the offload trade next season. And I'm like, oh, okay. I get it. I get why he <laughs> would do that, but it's a bummer. I, I do think it's funny that apparently Tim Connolly is like, batting his eyelashes at Washington about their GM job. Like, oh, I wouldn't rule it out. And I, I don't know what he said about it, but he, he yeah. doesn't seem to, he doesn't seem to be willing to say, no, I'm not going to go be the Wizards GM. And that would be ultimately as much as, as much as you hate the guy, everybody just was like, all right, you have to stay and clean this up. You're not gonna, you can't break yeah. everything and then just leave. I know it is weird because I think everybody wants him to leave, but then when he yeah. leaves, it's like, no, 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 no they get want the fuck him, back here. We they want, want to fire him punished. You. They don't yeah. want him to leave. They yeah. want him punished by having to continue to be the Timberwolves GM. Yeah. Well, it's so funny too. Like, like I, it would be very funny if like Lori and Rodriguez were like leaving notes around the office of like, hey, that Washington job's open, <laughs> trying to get him to leave himself. Like, yeah. get the fuck out of here, and we don't have to pay you the buyout. We actually think you suck now that we fired you. Um, I do, he did make a really, a, a very good, but baffling trade later in the season for Conley. Uh, that was amazing. Conley, Nikhil Alexander Walker, and like a couple second round picks for yeah. D'Lo. Like that's, a, that's fucking awesome. And the craziest thing about that, uh, maybe we talked about it is Utah helped us get better. <laughs> yeah, that even was... though they have our pick, like, aren't you guys desperate, like, absolutely desperate for us to not make the well, playoffs? Why would yeah, you give if... us the guy we asked for? But if you're Utah and the phone rings and you see that it's the Timberwolves, isn't the first thought to be like, yeah, "Listen, is... whatever these guys want to do, it's gonna blow up in their face." So yeah. just say yes to anything they say. Just say yes and. They're no using matter what the... they say. The Gracie theory themselves as an actual organization of like, if they want to do it, they're wrong. We'll say, yeah, yeah, right. All right. Oh, the Timberwolves are in desperation mode. Yes, we're going to whatever we can do to facilitate this. You want us to send whom to where? Yeah, that's fine. It's going to go wrong. Well, at least in this case, that's one of the small victories we can have for the season is that was a win for the trade. Um, And uh, it did keep. He was really helpful in staying out of the uh, out of the lottery. So thank God, because you're. I don't think we talked about it, but yeah, them being in the lottery would be an absolute nightmare scenario. So I do. Man. You know, I've I got one more thing I want to mention before we go, which is, you know, who I missed a lot less than I thought I was going to miss him, Pat Bev. Yeah. Yep. Like he, he I'm with you. really, he really no, was like the AJ Pierzynski of basketball, in which when yeah. he was on the team, I was I was all I love Pat Bev. 
He was great. And then you see him when he's not on your team. Like you take him out of the context where he's wearing your team's jersey and you see the things he does. And it's like, man, I can't believe that I thought that was fun. Well, and he also is really good at like taking credit for other players doing well. Right. Like I don't remember this exactly, but I'm pretty sure the best game last season, so over a year ago, was when we beat the Clippers. Uh, in the play-in game to go to the playoffs, right? Right. Uh, the Clippers were really good. We were underdogs, but we were at home. We were down by like eight in the fourth quarter. Uh, absolutely like a thrilling win. One of my favorite wins. I was personally, I was right. at a bar with my buds and we had so much fun. We had bunnies. It was packed. Unbelievable. And the kind of lasting image of that is when Pat Bev got up on the scorer's table but actually, like, D'Lo scored, like, 35 points yeah. that game or something, Pat right? Like, five points and six fouls or something like that. Yeah, like, it was, D'Lo was unbelievable. If we're going to have it, if that be fair, D'Lo should have been on, the, I don't think he'd jump high enough to get there. He's not a great yeah. athlete. He'd have to climb. He'd have to, we'd have to get a ladder out so he can get up there. But. Get a boost, yep, <laughs> from a from a teammate. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of a funny thing. We go, man, remember Pat Bev in that game? It's like, actually, I don't remember Pat Bev in that game. I remember D'Lo. And yeah. and Edwards, they were awesome. So, you know, I I'm with you though. He's got like a nine month expiration date, and then teams right. are like, "These great," and then they go, "Well, oh, fuck this." I've, <laughs> it's, I've had it's between six and nine months. That's that's all you want. That's it. Yeah, exactly. all the bad baby can handle. Right. Anyway, you got anything else? Anything else? Tim rules related? Uh, no, not Tim rules related. I'm curious if you've been watching the other NBA playoffs now, or are you just kind of out on it? Like how I've, been, how I've been watching some, but not a lot. It's been a lot more NHL playoffs. It, the NBA playoffs are great, but, and especially this year when every team is the same as every other team. Yeah. So it, it's exciting, but it, I also feel a little bit like I'm going to wait until this plays out to like conference finals, NBA finals, because it's going to be the same all yeah. the way through. Let me ask you a question about the, the, the same thing's going to happen tomorrow night and the same thing's going to happen the night after. I don't feel the need to watch whatever the game is tonight because it's going to be the same tomorrow. Okay. Um, well, I, I am into the NBA playoffs and I'm, yeah, I'm I, I know you are. So let me ask you if our resting heart, let's just use round numbers. Our resting heart rate is 75. And when we are in the like absolute peak sports watching it gets to 150, right? Like we okay. have double our heart rate because I'm so I'm amped at like the Wolves Nuggets. It's a five point game with two minutes left. I'm at 150 yep. right now. How high is the if now that your teams are out of the playoffs and you can answer this for both the NHL or the NBA? Is there a team right now that gets you like a hundred plus heart rate because you're rooting for them? Can you get there with other teams or are you kind of like Minnesota or bust? Because I'll tell you, like with the Sixers and the Lakers, who I'm cheering for. I get to like 135. Like I'm still up there. Like All right. I can talk myself into like, nah, that's too high. But I can like really get. But I think the difference for me is like 10 minutes after the game is over. I'm like, ah, whatever. Whereas like the Wolves, it's going to be like a few days yeah. that I'm, it's I'm like, thinking about it's it. It's a way better version, isn't it? Like you're it still is way excited. Better. Yeah. But yeah. when they when it doesn't come off, it's not like, oh, this bothered me for a week. Yes. It's yeah. more like, ah, oh, this was disappointing. All right, what I, else I can that? get there. Yeah, so what who, do you have any like NHL like oh man, I really want this team to win or You know, the truth is that I have I I feel less attached to certain teams winning. There are teams that I want to win, but it's much more about teams that I want to lose. Like mm-hmm. forever who the whoever the Dallas Stars play in the playoffs, doesn't matter who they're playing, I'm going to be cheering for the other team. Forever. It doesn't matter if, if yeah, forever. 50 it years doesn't matter now. if it's like the Avalanche, who I also hate. Or the Canucks, who I also hate. You know, I hate a lot of teams. I can find a reason to hate almost every team. Yeah. But there's never going to be another team like Dallas that I hate more than Dallas. So whoever Dallas is playing, right now they're playing Seattle, which, you know, as as we sort of mentioned, works in a couple ways for me. But no matter no matter who Dallas ends up playing in the playoffs, I'm I'm always going to have the rooting interest of wanting Dallas to lose. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll I, get you it, rubbed up. Yeah, it goes a little bit the same way with basketball, but not quite so much. I don't I don't feel like I have a reason to hate every NBA team the way that I've developed a way to hate almost every NHL team. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Who do you but like, do you have anybody in the playoffs right now for basketball that you absolutely hate? See, the problem is like I hate the Celtics because it's Boston and they win all the time. Yeah. I I but I Joel Embiid annoys me because there's sort of that Embiid versus Cat thing where 
Embiid. I don't know. I don't like yeah. him, so yeah. I can't cheer for the Sixers either. Like the Lakers and the Warriors is a hard. Uh-huh. On the one hand, you got like you got Vando on one side, and I, I can't, I can't not cheer for Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah, but it's the Lakers. It's hard. It's hard to cheer for the Lakers, but I'm not going to pull for the Warriors. So uh-huh. what am I going to do here? It's like, oh. uh, check the game score or whatever. If it's yeah. close, maybe. If not, okay, cool. Gotcha. And like, you know, Denver Denver, and the... Uh, Jokic is out there. He's out there punching the owner on the other team. So that's endearing. It's, uh-huh. hard, not, it's hard not to be endeared to that. Yeah, yeah. He's fun. And he's never won it yet. So it's kind of cool to see guys who are awesome, yeah. you know. Okay, cool. So, Makes sense. It, uh, it's my, mostly like that. It's it, it's it's a smaller it's a smaller peak in a smaller valley than it is for maybe the teams that I hate in hockey. Okay, gotcha. That's fair. Um, my last question for you is: You said you were out in Seattle recently. Mm-hmm. I know you've been there a thousand times, but this last trip, how many? What are you rated on takeout beers? Uh this one was about. It's a ten takeout beer scale, right? Yep, ten. Like we said, we should... one. T- one takeout beer is ten takeout beers on the takeout beer scale. Yes, I know. Maybe we should call it cabin beers. Make it just simpler. Ten, <laughs> yeah. just because right. we we all so agree one, ten cabin beers is one the best, takeout right? beer is ten cabin beers. Yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, um, for sure. Out of out of ten, I think. I mean, it's it's different now. It's different than it used to be because we're taking the kids and you know we're visiting my cousin and they have kids too, mm-hmm. and so it's it, it's. It's great to do things with the kids, but there are also things like we went to the Seattle Children's Museum while we we're out there. Kids had a blast. It's the going to a children's museum is the most boring 15 hours of your life mm-hmm. is that hour you spend at the children's museum. I, I was know. ready to I was ready to die of boredom. The kids were having a ball. All the interactive so, stuff. They're like spinning yeah. a wheel for 20 minutes. You're like, I've done this already. I already it's spun like, the wheel. It's stupid. My three-year-old, they got the little, the mini grocery store, like the pretend grocery store that they can go through and take stuff off the shelves and put in the yep. cart. He did that yep. for like 40 minutes. And the whole time I'm like, More I wish, <laughs> I wish that something would fall on me and I could go to the hospital because <laughs> anything would be better than this. So staring longingly it, at the rafters. Come yeah. on. Break <laughs> loose. Is what is up there that could Come maybe on fall light. on me? <laughs> can I plausibly fall and hurt myself? Can I make this convincing? Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff like that, but at the same time, it's also, you know, really fun to be, it's, it's not about doing fun stuff so much as it is being together. And that's really the fun part. And, mm. you know, you see the kids, you know, my kids are six and three and their kids are basically two and one at this point, two and almost one and well, almost three and almost one I'll say. And so their kids are starting to get old enough to enjoy being with their cousins sort of too so that's really it's really fun and sort of a second generation thing there but that's a very different level of fun than like hey i went to seattle and i did all this fun stuff and we went out to eat at this place and i just really i got into the city vibe or whatever so i don't know about you is there an age coming where the kids will be old enough that i can get back into sort of like hey i'm going to Whatever city you're going to, like you're going to a couple of cities, so whatever city I'm going to with the kids and it's still going to be fun for me. Have you reached that point yet? Uh, close. Not exactly. There's still a little bit. My kids are eight, 11 and eight. So like we can go on hikes, which my kids really enjoy a good hike, but we can't go on like the super adventurous hike just yet because the kid's right. eight years old. And so we need to be a little bit more careful with him. And like pretty soon we're going to be able to like. You, know, you can kind of envision like going to a city and like, let's all get on bikes and go biking down to a restaurant. Well, we're not quite there yet either. Sure. I think there's just this like very, just a sweet spot of depending how different your your kids are in ages, but let's just use three years for ours of like from nine to 12 till like 12 and 15, like those few years or 13 and 16, where I think you're going to be able to like, Go to the restaurants that you like going to. You can either stay out a little bit later because the kids can stay up late. Or, hey, you guys can stay at the hotel tonight. Mom and I are going to go grab a, a drink with some friends that we know from town, you know, downstairs right. or something. I'll text you if we need anything. And they're fine with it because, you know, it's, I think there's that coming. And then pretty soon after that, it's like and they just don't go with you. They They hate you. They're done with right. you. <laughs> so it's, we're, we're getting really close. Danielle and I actually went... Uh, a little bit of an exercise 
um, ourselves of, I think I might have it in front of me here. Um, yeah. So, um, we thought about all the places we want to bring our kids. Right. And then we thought about what is the ideal age to bring them to those places. Just so you all don't right. get into the thing where like, oh, we went to Disney with our kids and they were in four and one. And then 10 years later, they're like, we never went to Disney. Yeah, we went, never oh, fuck. Why what did we go about? when you were four? And I totally space. I didn't do this for me. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't want to ride Space Mountain. No, exactly. Before. Yeah. So we are going to. So that's what kind of we like went through that thought process. Okay. Um, so we're going to do Miami. Uh, and we also do a, a one trip a year. You know, okay. Every once in a while, we'll mix in a second one with family or whatever. But we have kind of committed to our selves is like one trip usually going to be on christmas break um just because i i I hate christmas and it's miserable here and all that (laughs) but we may do spring break instead so one of those two one of the next year we're going to do we're going to go to uh we're going to stay in miami but we're going to drive up to orlando we're not going to do like disney and stuff because my kids don't get into it but we'll do like a universal and some of those sort of things because they'll be 12 and 9 the year after that who knows it might just be we have to do that now so we're going to go do that 13 and 10 mexico we haven't done that all with right. them yet. We like well, that like, idea. What kind of Mexico are we talking about? We're talking all inclusive, not really Mexico, Mexico, or we're flying to Mexico City and and we're gonna figure it out from there, kind of Mexico. Yeah, it's probably gonna ideally somewhere in between. Like stay right. at a nice resort, but also like have them see a little bit of the of culture and they'll be old enough to do that stuff, sure. we think. Uh fourteen and eleven, uh a ski trip to Colorado, which we haven't done yet. And again, we want right. them to be like old enough but still want to do it. Uh we wanted to do Hawaii. We thought fifteen and twelve is a good Hawaii time. Um sixteen and thirteen, the Bahamas or like the Caribbean wow. or somewhere this down there. It's getting cooler and cooler as you go here. Seventeen and, and fourteen, the- we're taking the year off from school and sailing around the world on our own boat that we've started building now. <laughs> almost 17 and 14 we're gonna do europe all right that's and then the same yep and then 18 and 15 is when jones will be going away to college later that year and that's gonna be what we have decided we, we're gonna let him choose jones oh, all right jones choice that we're talking right now a vacation in 2029 so yeah. I, I obviously like the idea and i have this i mean i know we're not showing the video but like it's actually a piece of paper that i have that i just keep yeah. at my desk um the idea that we're gonna do all these is probably comical right like something will come up where all of a sudden someone someone else is going to suggest a colorado trip next year and we're gonna go oh cool let's we got it for we got to stay for free so we did that you know whatever mm-hmm. but it's just kind of an interesting thing for us to think about like what do we want to do and what are the best ages for it and i i would recommend this for any parents to be thinking yeah, I, about like i think you should probably like put that on put that on a blog or something so the rest of us can just cheat off your notes because <laughs> I mean, we are we are not yet. The kids are six and three right now, and we are not at the age where it's like, oh, what would be fun as a family? It's more like, where can we go where we can mostly keep the kids entertained and have a little bit of fun ourselves? Exactly. It's yeah. Not, I mean, it's that not was... really about going to a city. Like, we're not saying, all right, next year instead of Seattle, where we want to go to Washington D.C. to learn about government or something like that. They're not right. old. They're not old enough. We're just going to see family. Right. Yep. And then it's like. The key is like a hotel pool. Like, w- it doesn't matter where we go. It just has to have a nice pool. Like, we could be yeah. in the greatest city in the world. If we don't have it, it was a nightmare. We could be in like Wisconsin Dells. We'd have a blast. Sometimes you have to do that stuff. So, um, yeah. Yep. That's I like us. It. I like it. It's coming. I, I like, you know, you talk to Stu and Stu's kids are 45 and 40 or whatever. And yep. so he's kind of forgotten all this. And Chicken has 15 kids. And so he doesn't really. <laughs> He's not really in the everything. same boat, but I talk to you and you're like five years ahead of me. And yeah, so it's close like, enough I, where I can it's... talk to you and look into the, into the near future and say, all right, this is going to happen. Like yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't too many years ago where you were, we decided you were going to become a power washing dad uh-huh. because you you said your kids don't need you anymore. I think yeah. that was like two years ago. And so yeah. I think about that a lot because <laughs> it's like, well, when Brandon's kids were eight and five, they didn't need him anymore. And yep. so I'm, you know, on the one hand, looking a little bit, not looking forward to that age, but also looking forward to being like, well, I can pick up my own activities when they're eight and five. Yep. We talked about the no stakes hobby. Every dad needs one. Like, yep. There's no stakes at all. I could be bad at it. doesn't matter. Yeah. Very calming. Power washing. Yeah. I think maybe I'll build decks. That can be my hobby. All right. Just build like four decks at my house. Nice. So many decks. Quadruple. I got nothing. 
I got yeah, I don't I don't know what it is now, but it's gonna be I'm gonna need to know to I should have a little piece of paper like you just had. Yeah, yeah. Now I think the hobby when you're six and three is like try to not drink forty beers in a day. <laughs> just try. Yes. Some days I'm gonna fail. I will drink all of them. But every once in a while, that's that's my hobby is like mentally don't just drink yourself to sleep every night. Yeah, it's like we're not, a hobby. Really, we're, we're not even into the youth sports thing yet. Like my my daughter is playing one sport this summer and it's very low stakes. And so it's not like, oh, we have every day scheduled, but it would kind of be nice if we had every day scheduled just so that we could get out of the house and do something. Yeah, Whereas yes, for sure. When when we're in, you know, when when we're in the area where you are right now at, the, at that age, it's more like, all right, every one of my nights is scheduled because I'm coaching my kids in five different sports right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've said it a thousand times. I'll say it a thousand more times. The like when the kids are your age, I pulled into my garage and I was going to be home by six. If I was home at 555, that meant I get five minutes alone in the garage yeah. before I have to walk into the house. And it was a daily pep talk. I just need to make it to eight. Just from six <laughs> o'clock to eight o'clock, those two hours, somehow they last days on end. And yeah. it's just two hours. Oh, my God. What am I going to do with these kids? The and true, so, yes. the true oh era God. for that. The the year they were four and one, that was truly the era of that. Now, yeah. you know, five last year they were, well, you know, last year they were five and three or whatever. And so, or last summer they were five and three. And that was like the first green shoots of, hey, this is, you know, they would go outside and play for yeah. 20 minutes together or something. Yeah. And it was like, oh, you know, this is not so bad. And it happens now too, where you can just, you can leave them alone without them dying for 30 minutes at a time. And they're just playing with each other and it's great. Oh, that never happens when they're four and one or oh my three and three and a newborn or whatever. No. That was really the the truly terrible era. Yep. So all yep, right. True. Well, it was nice that we managed to get in another a good half hour of dad talk, right? At the end of talking about the Timberwolves for an hour. I think this is gonna be the most popular one of the trilogy, Brandon. <laughs> you say that to you say that to all your trilogy partners. I say that, I say that <laughs> to all the sportive guys. That was fun though. I uh I, thanks you know, for doing it. Would, it it would be fun to see if one of these gets downloaded more than the others, or they're the exact same, or nobody downloads any of them, and maybe I'm the rock that's pulling this thing down to the bottom of the sea. Yeah, or may or actually, the most likely is none of us remembers how to look up how many views that we have, <laughs> lists we have anyway, and we yeah. have no idea. Yeah, I forgot like six yeah, years ago. That's the truth. I had a call with a coworker. who was like, "Oh, I heard you're a podcaster. How do you, you know?" He's like, "How many lists did you get?" I was like. I don't know. Good question. Yeah, There's it's like way... somewhere between you like 400 and 1500. That's what that's yeah. what my guess is. <laughs> it's There's a... Wade, so that's yeah. one. <laughs> my dad, you know, two. That's, that's right. two people who downloaded. I so know. Just, we just start oh. counting people on your fingers. Definitely yeah. all those people. Probably 16, yeah, generally yeah. unless someone's sick that week. More than more than 10 and fewer than 1000 probably. Probably, I don't know. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. And yeah. hardly matters is the thing. Exactly. All right, right more? Nope, all good. Goodbye. All right, three podcasts in three days. They said it couldn't be done, and they probably had their reasons. <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.